1: Here checking now, they this Kenny go home to his wife nobody here loves him. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics and if you'll have them. <laughs> if you'll claim them, <laughs> your Boston Celtics, John, and, you know, just uh, watching the... Philadelphia game was frustrating um it's good to see some guys coming back you know it's good to see Langford back he's 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 got lots of energy he's still a little rusty though uh Tristan Thompson probably played more minutes than they expected in the next win although a win that I don't think it should have been that tight I mean god uh team is kind of tough to watch John I, I and uh I think I mentioned this on the last show, but I've definitely fallen asleep in the middle of games several times this year. And I don't know if it's because I'm working hard and I'm, and I'm tired or, you know, if the product just isn't that exciting. But, um, I know Brad likes the, you know, the three point ball and, and, and I don't necessarily hate it, but God, it just, the way they set it up, they don't move the ball and they don't go inside and, a lot of times that leads to lack of hustle and, um, you know, even Tatum, he doesn't even seem to warm up until the second half anymore. He's just kind of, you know, hanging around in the first half. It's just weird, dude. It's weird.
0: Well, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that there's there's real uh, problems with, you know, trying to draw too much from this season and all that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, You know, whatever. Um, So, you know, let's throw all the caveats out right now. Right. But the point is, to me, is that the, the team is not playing cohesively. They're not playing consistently. They're not playing together. And and it's it's nothing has changed in that regard. Since day one, uh, there are momentary blips where things look good for a quarter, a half, maybe even a couple games, but then they slide back and I, and I'm not just look, look, let's the Sixers are a good team. They have a chance of going to the finals. Heck, they have a chance of winning the finals. You know, I mean, I'm not going to put everything on the Sixers game, but this homestand, you know, of seven games was the chance. For the Celtics to kind of right the wrongs of the season, to to scrub away the the, the bad stuff, to to take the new guy and 48 and build off of you know his addition, and to really just kind of start anew. And and really what they've done is just continued. They've continued, you know, what has happened all along. Again, they've continued the fact that Fournier was hurt, making th- or, or or out for COVID protocols and. Of course, Romeo didn't come back right away and all, you know, all this stuff. We, we all know the, the reason, but it, to me, it's, it's simpler than that. It's, it's just, it's simpler than that. And it's that from the team's best player on down, they don't consistently play the right way. I think that's what it comes down to. It doesn't mean he's not talented. It doesn't mean he's not, he's not a good player. It doesn't mean the second best player on the team isn't talented or isn't a good player. It doesn't mean they need to be traded tomorrow. But I think that there's a lot of questions that need to be answered in this offseason. And, yes, I'm writing off the rest of the season, by the way. So if I'm wrong, we'll talk about it in May or June. But right now, this season is done. Stick a fork in it. It's over. There's 21 games left, I think, if my math was correct, and you know, <laughs> seeing what this team had done against, uh, you know, the Knicks and Philly these last two games, just proves the point to me that they're not they're not a serious player. They're not a serious team. They're a middling team at best, a team that probably should be in a play-in game, and hopefully isn't doesn't win the the first play play-in game and ends up. The ten, the tenth worst record in the NBA. That's what I'm rooting for at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm so disgusted with how that they play, how the, the team plays. I don't think it's a, it's an indication that I don't think Jason Tatum's a good player or or Jalen Brown's a good player. But those guys, in, you know, and I'm going to point to Tatum tonight in particular because I think it's more often Tatum's issue than Brown's issue. I thought Brown was trying to do the right thing, especially early on. Did the, Tatum yeah. did the right thing at times tonight, but Jason Tatum makes everything have to be this gargantuan effort to try to get a shot off when it, all it takes is pass the ball and get it back. Pass, cut, relocate. Like, it's just, it's simple, man. The game of basketball I is I think a he, all game.
1: he wants to do is shoot that little side, step back, three-pointer, you know, that Like, that's all he wants to shoot. All season it's been like that.
0: And he's killing his team by doing that. And I'm not saying he can't make them. He can make them. He, he can make them as well as anybody in the league. He can make them. But him doing that, then means no one else touches the ball, which means no one else moves, which means no one else passes, which means no one else t- drives to the paint and, and kicks out. I mean, it's – there was one play uh, where – Celtics so get a turnover or, or the rebound. Uh, they give it to Tatum. Tatum takes 12 seconds and 12 dribbles to get the ball over half court to clang the shot off, or off the side of the, the backboard or off the side of the rim. Um, yeah, dude, was a walks it was a
1: up so it's, slow. It's just, it, it there's there's no just pace. kills the clock. Yep. There's,
0: there's no connection to the rest of the team. It's, Somebody, somebody you know, said to me today, it's like watching an AAU game when he's out there. And it is. It's like, okay, now I'm going to show you what I can do. And I could give a shit what he can do. I know what he can do. We all know what he can do. What I want to see him do is lead a team to winning. And this is going to come off like get off my lawn and I'm old man and stuff. But I'm sick of this. I've watched enough. You've watched enough. It's Either he's going to lead and he's going to take those ample talents he has and combine them with what skill he does have around them, which isn't the best skill in the league, but decent enough to compete in the Eastern Conference, certainly to play at the level they did last year, and to be a really competitive team, potentially even the mix to be a top three team in the East. But what's happened this year has been so terrible <laughs> so many levels and yes he's had covid and yes all that's true but covid doesn't explain 12 dribbles in 12 seconds and a clang three 12 you know that's not that's not covid to me you know i i don't know i'm not in that situation maybe the brain fog i don't know but it's it's frustrating it's incredibly frustrating And I know I just believe so much more out of what he can do than what he's doing right now. There's a question to be asked about whether or not Brad Stevens is the guy to be able to turn him around. But right now, my eyes are turning to the max contract best player on the team, and I'm saying you got to play different and you got to lead. That's what's got to happen. That's he's got to be the best player and he's got to lead this team somewhere, not just be the best player who can like blow up for you know 25 points in a quarter and, and the, that production be what leads them. In the NBA, you, to be the best player. Who's it you remind stop? you of? Uh, um, I mean, I wouldn't even say early Pierce at this point. No,
1: no, I was just going to say attitude-wise. <sighs> attitude-wise? Yeah, you know where I'm going. I No, no, I don't. Where are you going? Let's just go back to his alma mater.
0: No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. This isn't. This isn't Kyrie. This isn't Kyrie because th- that was. That's a whole nother level of whatever of weird. An inability to lead in in a normal fashion. This is. I'm twenty two. Twenty two. Twenty three. I'm, I'm giving the keys for the first time. What the hell do I do with this? I mean, to me, that's where this is. And and so I'm not going to put Kyrie's bullshit on him, but I am going to say, like, he's got to figure this out fast. You know, he's got, look, he just signed the Max deal last year. It kicks in this summer. So for this team to go anywhere and to if he wants his legacy to be what it is and not just be a, um, you know, good, good, uh, good score, or bad team guy, you know, uh, you know, uh, effectively a Zach Levine, which is crazy because he's done a hell of a lot more than a guy like that. But, you know, to play this way, the way he's played, that's where he's headed, which is points, empty calories, an empty calories player. And I just, there's so much more in him. I mean, he has, he has MVP co- capabilities. We all see it. Defensively, rebounding, uh, you know, scoring. I mean, it's all there. But you've got to be connected. You know, you've got to be connected. You've got to lead your guys as the best player. You don't have to be vocal. Larry wasn't the vocal guy, you know. There was a lot of guys in those 86 Celtics locker rooms who had voice. You know, Cedric had, had voice, Mikhail had voice, you know, Parrish at times. Um, he doesn't need to be like the chatty Cathy, you know, um, you know, leader like LeBron, who's just orchestrating everything. It doesn't have to be that. But I don't know what kind of I don't know that, that they're getting leadership out of him. And I think if they are getting leadership from him from style of play, it's not great. That's my point. So I'm I'm upset. I'm upset because I expect more. That's really what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, I mean, you expect more from the entire team. I got to tell you, though, like I've been pretty happy with Brown for the most part this season because he's willing to sit back and he'll move the ball. um, But every once in a while when they really need somebody to go to the rack and, you know, put that pressure on the middle, he's the guy to do it. Tatum needs to do that more when you say lead in ways that maybe aren't vocal and whatnot, maybe in style of play that's the style of play he He needs to go in he needs to attack he needs to collapse the defense when and, they get when the opposing team gets to camp out around the three point arc and apply easy pressure on ball pressure out on the perimeter with minimal effort on rotations to still close it out that's bad. Yeah.
0: And at, at times I would say that, that, that's um, you know, absolutely kind of, um, you know what it is. I, I think it's more than that though. I, uh, let me put it this way. I, I think that Jalen Jalen did, I thought did a great job tonight of trying to turn the page from last night. Um, I don't, I didn't get any sense of what, Tatum's purpose was tonight. You know, I thought he started he played better and at you know at the very end of the game. I thought he had some key plays and, and he had that eight point, you know, kind of run there at one point where he was relentless kind of attacking the basket. But I don't think his job is necessarily attack, attack, attack in the same way Jalen's is. I don't I don't think he's that type of guy. But I think he's gotta be more of get it, do something. Give it up. You know, the the stuff that Pop was trying to get them to work on with USA Basketball, that kind of half-second, okay, no, move it. Like, that's what he needs to figure out. And I'm not saying that if he plays for Pop, he's going to do well and Brad Stevens sucks and he's the worst ever. Like, I'm over that whole thing that Twitter and Boston Sports Media are doing right now now because it's just it's stupid, you know, The the solutions are much more complicated than trade everybody, fire everybody. That's not the answer. We have good players. We have a coach who I think is a talented coach and I think is a good coach. The question is, where do we go? And Tatum, I think, in terms of his leadership, um, yes, he needs to put the ball on the deck and get to the paint. Um, But I think it's also do it, make a decision, move it. Like that to me is the thing that I see to him of just making the simple pass. Like I typed it out, like, I don't know, like three or four times tonight, like make the simple pass. Like There was a situation that one of his turnovers was he had the ball in the corner. I think uh, Peyton Pritchard, you know, kind of comes to the foul line extended, you know, basically above the break wide open for three. He could have just given him the ball. Instead he holds it, dribbles some more, makes a move, then he sees Shemi Ogile in the opposite corner, rifles the pass fifteen feet over his head, and uh, the turnover. And that
1: happened that type of play happened a couple times tonight where it has happened of just make the simple than read. times. Not just tonight, dude. Last right. season. Absolutely. I mean, even even Jalen had a pass to the, to an official tonight and you know, he's right. kinda notoriously done that several times this year.
0: I have more, and I have, I guess, and, and maybe that's unfair, I put more on, on, on Tatum than on Brown in terms of his ability to read and make passes because I, I just have a lower bar for what I need from, from Brown in that regard. He's grown, and, and, I, and I like what he has done. What I like about Brown is I can usually understand his motivation and understand where he's coming from. Um, I still think he's too quiet. I still think he's... Maybe not emotional enough. He doesn't push the guys. He doesn't, you know, and maybe that's not who he is. But both of those guys are pretty, like, emotionally kind of base. You know, they're not too high. They're not too low. Just like their coach. Not too high, not too low. But you need some fire at times. You need to have something to kick you into another gear. You get a lot of it out of smart.
1: But is that enough? Well, you know they say I mean? they get it from Thompson too. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm you with you. You know what I
0: mean? Like it's like, ah, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't know. I'm just...
1: gonna get it from Tatum. So, you know, the the he's not he's not gonna be, you know, the KG kind of locker room presence he's ever. Not- Ever yeah. and I know Pierce, you're not. I realize that's an extreme, Yeah, Pierce is as far as I want to go
0: with this comparison. You know, Pierce. Pierce was you wanna, never.
1: Do you want to stop just short of spitting on the bench?
0: <laughs> uh, well, there's a whole bunch of Paul Pierce
1: we could be up
0: right now, but
1: I just say uh, it, dude. Yeah. What we really need is is we need a press conference with Brown and Tatum side by side, yes. and then uh, a nice head wrap around uh, <laughs> Tatum's head. That's what we need I, right now.
0: I still don't think that's as bad as everyone made it out to be, but anyway. Oh yes, um, it was hilarious. You know, it was. I thought it was, but you know, Jackie McMullen had a cow about it and whatever. But that was a time when Paul Pierce had to learn how to grow up. Okay. And and he and doc made their, you know, they made their, their piece and it took a couple years and they got, there. um, and that's, I guess that's the kind of the point of, of, this conversation where it turns to Brad and whether or not Brad's the guy that can make him change. Now there are people out there. They're going to say, well, they don't need to. Why is he change? He's, You know, he has all these stats, and his net rating is through the roof, and he's... All of that is true, but he's the best player on a shit team, a two-game-below-500 team that can't get out of its own way, that throws the ball all over the goddamn place.
1: That, for all intents and purposes, should be a better team than the one that just gave a serious run almost to the NBA Finals, and now... They're hovering at five hundred, and you know they can't. I mean, the Milwaukee win was nice, but outside of that, they can't give any of the contenders a run. No,
0: they're they're, to say they're class. um, You know, below that would be would be uh, generous. Generous, yeah, totally. You know, I mean, they're not. You watch that Philly game, and they're not even. The, the problem is they're not connected, you know. And and
1: the yeah, they like each other. Hold on, they like yeah. each other, but they're not connected. Yeah, you know, they're affable, they're not tight. Which so. is what they
0: said said about the nineteen team. You know, they they were fine guys. It just didn't work, right? How many times have we heard that kind of line um, in, in reference to the two thousand nineteen group? Well, okay, déjà vu all over again. Um, you know, look, it's not. Yeah, you you could argue it there's a mental fatigue that's going on, and and you know the the, the short turnaround. I, I can attribute a lot of this to mental fatigue, you know. Um, but it well know, just and physical. Jared,
1: I mean, Miami's got a letdown too. Somewhat. It, the short turnaround. Yeah. And then the injuries they have to deal with and the lineup inconsistency with Kemba out, you know, on the second night of back-to-backs. And, like, the whole thing is a mess. Roster construction is slightly more balanced now than it was. And then Fournier, despite a slow start with the club, really did provide them, you know, with a, with, with a significant lift and balances out that whole rotation and helps out with the bench and everything else when he's playing well, it really makes a difference. I mean, I think, you know, we, we're not going to go back into the traded player exception and the value conversation there, but at the end of the day, I mean, they made some small moves. Those moves are always made to hopefully, you know, inject, you know, some energy, even Mo Wagner, right? Like he's, Super high energy guy, almost a little out of control, you know, lately. But uh, but that's the kind, you know, that's what you're. That, that's the kind of locker room stuff you were hoping to do. The team is just really young, and we've said yep. that before. But it's had some veteran leadership that's been anchored around it. And I don't know. I mean, we're you're you're. I'm going to take this a different direction in a second, you know. But you're kind of calling out Tatum, and and whatnot, but. I'm not saying that that's not fair, because it is fair, but the team is super young. And so um, after I tell you about betonline.ag, we're going to talk about Kemba Walker. So betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA uh, and NHL are in full swing, and betonline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet online has got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS fifty to get your fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Like I said, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So I gotta throw it a little bit Kimba Walker's way. We we give him a little bit of some slack because he started the season a little bit later. Um but you know he's disrupting the the lineup and the rotation to some degree, um, which is because they're young, I think probably a bigger challenge for this team than it might be for others with your one of your star players sitting uh, on the bench the second night of back-to-backs, certainly. But it's also his leadership style. He's not a vocal leader. And when I said that they kind of had all this youth bookended by some leaders, you know, Kyrie Irving was vocal. It just fell on deaf ears. He couldn't get anybody to get behind it. Um, Like you said, the 19 team, but, but they've always, you know, even Gordon Hayward, you know, he was always grinding, but he was in that locker room. Like they've always had some veterans that have really kind of tried to push it. And I feel like, I feel like the only one they really have, despite the off season with Jeff Teague, no longer here, Tristan Thompson, just barely playing lately. Um, you know, they're not getting it. And even when they made the trades, they got younger guys, right? Cornets, you know, what is he? 25. I think Mo Wagner's like 23. Evan Fournier is 28 years old. That makes him like an elder statesman ready to retire on this club. (laughs) And, you know, he's still in the sweet spot for a great contract. That's that. That's a factor for sure. Um, and that's when you really need the guys like the veteran guys like Thompson and and Kemba to really fill in that void and push this team forward. And I just don't think that Kemba's that vocal leader. He's a lead-by-example kind of guy, and you can have lots of lead-by-example people, and you can have lots of players that are nice and, and want to work and work hard. I'm not even sure that we can say, like, these guys don't work hard, but I think the lack of practices is really hurting this team, um, given the fact that they don't have a vocal leader. You know, Brad, Brad has always complained about not having enough practice time. You get to this point in the season every single year that he's coached, and you know, the schedule's kind of grinding and whatnot, and they're trying to keep everybody fresh. And so they even cut back on practices, and he'll say all the time, "We just don't really have the practice time we need." I mean, I've heard him. I don't want to say. I don't want to. It's an excuse, but I don't want to. I don't want to position it in a way where it's like Brad is using it as an excuse, because I don't think he is trying to make excuses. Some of the times he brings it up, team might not even be doing that bad. He just kind of complains that he doesn't have practice time, and uh, I think it's killing him. I honestly do.
0: Yeah, I, I think okay. So um, to start with the Kemba piece, you know, I think I think you're right that you know I, I think it's a lot like Hayward in 2019, where he was trying to get himself right, and you know that kind of takes him out of the leadership role in a way because he's trying to get his own game going, and that kind of single focus single-minded focus can sometimes take you out of, you know, the larger, you know, seeing the larger, um, the larger issues at play. Um, I think that's a big part of why, you know, he wasn't there in the first, whatever, 15 games or whatever it might've been. And then that inconsistency, like you said, of being in and out of the lineup. I mean, you've got a, a back-to-back once every week, basically. So when that happens, it's like, okay, We try to get some consistency going on the court, and then whoop, he's out, now he's in. Never mind all the other injuries uh, pulling people in and out and in. It's just like if you don't have practice time, and so now you're trying to learn on the court, but even on the court, you can't because you're, you're, you know, one of your best guys isn't there. It's like even as a vocal guy, it seems like the issue isn't um, scheme or, or anything like that. It's really building consistency among the players on the court you know, I'm doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. Everyone has knows their job and, and does it, you know, completely. But it's that kind of in and out stuff has really been a problem. And I think Kemba exemplifies that as much as anyone. Um, and, and I think you're right. I don't think he's a vocal leader in that regard. I think he's a positive leader. I think he was exactly what they needed after Kyrie uh, you know, in terms of a supportive guy. But now there's a question, is his game the right fit next to uh, these two guys, you know, it, he, you know, there's times when he plays with great energy and focus. And I think, you know, we saw that particularly in the, in the, uh, the Charlotte game, um, there were moments where he was really bringing it. And, and I think that that's what they need, but he has to do that all the time. He has to kind of fit that new role. And I'm not sure he's figured that out yet. Uh, and I think that until he does, it's, he's not going to live up to anywhere near what's in that contract. You know, um, Brad is another story. <laughs> Brad's another story altogether.
1: You know, you've, to me. you've defended him over the years. Yeah, I think we both have, you know, for sure. And I, and
0: I, and I think he's, I think he's a good coach. I, you know, so I don't want to just throw the baby out with the bathwater on this, you know, in, in the middle of a bad year, but,
1: Okay. Now, So do you think the that last... practice piece is the reason there aren't changes with Brad? He just I doesn't think... want to vary too much from the strategy because he's afraid he's not going to be able to – like he's not going to help because you're already dealing with these funky rotations and people in and out of the lineup and then the trades and all of that. Yeah. You think he, you, you think he's kind of afraid to do the tweaking because he can't really get in the reps the way you would want to in practice and make an adjustment like that? I think the
0: tweaking is because he hasn't gotten anything near consistency
1: in play from other players. You know? What's the what's the tweak if you haven't seen any kind of stretch of success? Yeah, I see what you're saying.
0: You know, like, I don't know. You know, it's like I, people are saying, never play Grant Williams. Okay. So what? Does I mean, you want to play Shemmy more? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, we're going to do more cornet. Like, I, I don't really understand – I don't understand why people you know like you know trade grant Williams like really like that that's the problem. Grant Williams isn't the problem. Grant Williams doesn't have a usage rate of over 30. Grant Williams is yeah is he is he playing great no is he below average yes but you you have a first round pick and you got to try to make him work um, you know Rob Williams was not great in a lot of times he was on the court there were instances he was, but there were a lot of instances where he was unplayable. So do you throw him out too, you know, before he's had a chance to mature as, as now Rob has, I mean, of course not. So that, that stuff is stupid to me. Um, I think the question, I think you're right. I think the, the lack of practice time, the, the in and out of players, I think that's why they just gave him a, a contract extension. So that has a lot to do with it, but, I think the 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 inconsistency and the, and the t- close turnaround, and all that stuff, is the reason why he's going to stay. My question is, you know, basically, well, let's try it again. Is really what 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 we're what we're, we're, we're kind of saying. You know, everything will be different next year. I, I hope that's true, but if it's not, you got to have Brad's got to have a better answer. Brad's got to have I mean, he's, these guys have got to show better. You know, and it just, there's a lot of sense when you watch it as to whether or not Brad Stevens is, is you know, can he get Brad, Can he get Jason Tatum to play the right way? That's what, that's what it comes down to. Not whether or not he can make Jason Jason Tatum productive. Jason Tatum has all the skills in the world to be productive. To me, this team is the only guy go goes far as Jason Tatum wants it to go. You know, we can talk about Grant Williams and... Peyton Pritchard, wherever the hell else is on here, but your best player is going to dictate largely how far they go. I mean, that's just, that's the NBA. I mean, it, for as long as I've watched it. So if they can figure out Tatum, now they get, okay, now we're in the conversation. Now, where can we go? You know, I just think so much of the reason why this year has not worked is because Tatum has not been as effective as he should have been, you know, um, productive. Yes but not productive in the way of leading to team success, you know, um, setting the tone that is played, whether he's on the court or off the court. Um, the, this is how we play here and I'm the best player. And this is how we're going to do it. Cause this is what I demand of all of them. You think LeBron's teams play completely differently just because he's off the court. No, he's That's his team. You know, and Tatum has to accept, has to be that guy in part, not not at LeBron's level, but in part, he's going to be that guy. I mean, don't you think, don't you think that there's a higher level of, of leadership and expectation for those truly great, uh, MVP caliber guys, Justin? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. What do you think? I mean, do you think that there's – do you think you have to put – do you think a guy – just because a guy gets 25 points a night, is that enough? No. You
1: know? No, because it's how you get them. It's how you get them. And, see, that's why at the very beginning, you know, talking about Brown, I like the way he gets them. When he disappears, he's not disappearing with the ball in his hands, right? And he still, you know, finds a spot on the floor where he can contribute – and try to set- tries to set himself up in into the offense, and he'll facilitate stuff and it really just comes right down to parking out you know beyond the three point line and he does listen Tatum does see a ton of you know triple coverages right i mean let's face it, they throw everything at him because it clearly works to shut down the offense you know, and you know when you rotate back over to to Kemba, I mean, Kemba's not really attacking the rim anymore either. So it's gotten even less, or I should say it's gotten even more one-dimensional. Yeah. And, and he's not hitting his shots. So it doesn't even open anything up for anybody else. And I guess, you know, that's something where the teams – this is why Fournier made a lot of sense, too, in some respects. And the, the one game, you know, in the past week was it the Charlotte game where everything opened up. You know, you had uh, – you had Fournier just all of a sudden, what did he hit, like seven three-pointers? I mean, it was ridiculous. And look look at how the whole game opened up for that club. And I think that's I think that's the other detrimental piece. And, and when you watch Tatum try to get warmed up for the game in the first half, most of his three-pointers don't fall. So then everything's congested for him from that point on as well. So he can't even – you know how sometimes stars – got to kind of work themselves to a point where they're warmed up. And we've seen this with Tatum, but he really doesn't have any room to do that. So he's trying, I think in his mind that if he hits like his favorite shot and gets a few of those going, that he'll feed off of that and get energy. And, and, and it's not entirely fair to say that he isn't contributing because he does get rebounds. Um, he usually, you know, gets a good amount of rebounds and he, he does, um, it's just the assist piece. It's the ball movement piece. Uh, that's where it's, you know, really, really lacking. And, but there's even moments on defense. I mean, let's face it. This team is not even a really solid defensive club. I think I heard Scal say it during the Knicks game tonight where he said, um, that early on they looked really good because they weren't over-rotating, you know. And so, like, even when this club tries to put in the effort sometimes, the effort is just, like, not smart effort. And, and then I think they even wear themselves down trying to do it. The, the chemistry, the culture, the aura, the camaraderie on the court, you know, again, I feel like this team likes being around each other off the court, um, you know, locker room and everything else. But, you know, let's let's shifting gears on this, you said it's a lost season. We can kind of end on this topic. You said it's a lost season, but is it a lost club and or is it a lost team? And what I mean by that is the lost season is there's lots of reasons we can stack that up. Right, Kemba starting late, the condensed schedule, the short turnaround, Tatum's COVID—like there's a laundry list mm-hmm. of excuses, okay? And the team is, I think, large in large part, you know, looking in from the outside, probably allowing those excuses to skate them through the season, and then they're saying to themselves. We just gotta hover around 500 so we can make the postseason, and then we'll turn it on, right? And so we'll see. We'll see if that's the case. We'll see if they've convinced themselves that that's possible or that's doable. I don't think it is, but that no. doesn't matter, right? What I, you know, even even with 20 games left and finishing strong, or 21 games or whatever, and finishing strong, I still don't think they're gonna be tested enough. Uh, At that point to really or they'll be worn down by it, you know, they might hit their stride, but they'll probably be worn down by it. And then, you know, what do they do? Why do they hit the home stretch that way? Then, you know, they don't have anything left in the tank because they, you know, so but but this is really what I'm getting at with all of those excuses and the intense pressure and criticism coming from outside of the organization you know, all of the things that compound on top of the list of excuses and the poor play, etc. How well does this team not allow a lost season to totally destroy, you know, the locker room? That's really gonna tell us a lot, and we won't see it till next season. But if they survive that, get a normal, at least close to normal off season do their off-season workouts, dot, you know, dot, 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 everything that they normally do, get a break from the game. Um, if they come back next season, and regardless of whatever laundry list of excuses there are, maybe it's a grocery shopping list, um, whatever that list of excuses are, is, if, they're do- if they don't come back competitively to start next year, at that point, I think that's going to be everything you need to know. Uh, there will be lots of blowing up, and I think Brad's name's on the table. I think you know who I think's indispensable right now. You know who I, I really legitimately don't think they would trade? Who? Oh. Jalen Brown. I think they're so in on Jalen Brown at this point because he's already kind of done that. Remember, he was on the bench, um, you know, at the end of the Kyrie debacle era. And he had to come back, and he's he's his continuous improvement shows drive, shows a commitment to adjust, shows flexibility. And in his own way, and it will never be in the same way, in his own way, Tatum's yet to do that. And I think that's – I mean, they paid these guys, but anybody would take a 23-year-old star – And trade for him and put him on a team with a bunch, especially Tatum, and put him on a team with a bunch of other great players and stars and know that they're going to get their money out of it, right? Take a little pressure off Tatum and watch him be awesome again. Um, Take a little pressure off Tatum and put the ball in somebody else's hands and, you know, put him in the right culture. And that comes back to the whole leadership thing that you were talking about earlier in this episode is can he do that? And the question is I don't know. And I'm not saying that Brown can be that type of leader that you're asking for, but he also doesn't kill the team. When he turns it on, he turns it on, right? He reigns threes, he attacks the rim, and when he's off, he's fine disappearing into the background and letting the players who are on or can take over, letting them do that and not getting in the way and still contributing a good amount to the team. Um, without hurting them. I think they're so in on Jalen Brown, it's not funny. And interestingly, earlier this year, there was that manufactured debate of Brown versus Tatum, which was all meant to say, can they coexist? And and I just don't see it. I don't see any battle for leadership of the team or minutes or scoring opportunities going on between Tatum and Brown whatsoever. I just don't get such a false narrative.
0: I think they're viewed a lot more closely by Danny Ainge than a lot of us would think. Yep. You know, they, I think that I think, I think that they're
1: there's a case I think they're made them I don't think he's above it. But yeah, what's well, that? I, I've always thought there's a case it, I said this to my son because he was arguing with me, and every time Tatum did something to take over a game, I'd get a text message, and he'd be like, see, that's why Tatum is better than Brown. And I was like, oh, my God, why are you buying into this? And i keep arguing with him and be like, it's a lot closer than you think. And I know you just put those words in Danny's mouth, right? Like, I think yeah. for Danny it's a lot closer. But yeah. I've always thought there's an argument to be made that that maybe Brown – you know, could end up being above Tatum. Not, if you want to just talk about offense, then probably not. But look at the strides Brown's made offensively, and continues to make. It's so Jimmy Butler-esque. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think Jimmy is probably, I think what happened last year is probably a a a needle-on-a-haystack situation. You know, the oddball, but you're right. I mean, it happened. (laughs) You know, And, and and, it, and it's true, and yeah, I mean, he's he could be that kind of special leader, but what I don't know is, you know, I, I guess my point is, I don't think either guy is gone. I don't think either one of those guys leaves. But I think that that doesn't mean that they can't be made uncomfortable or, or challenged or – I mean, I think there's a lot of ways that, that the Celtics could look at this situation – And let me back off the negativity for a second and say, look, they're both incredibly talented players with high upsides and they're very young with plenty of room to grow and learn and change. Um, This has not been the best situation to see someone best. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's kind of stupid to be like, oh, well, we should fire all of them and hate all of them and all that. Like that's stupid, you know, but on the other hand. That's
1: why I said next season. Yeah, next no, I think
0: yeah, that's absolutely right. Like, so what do we learn from what we see now and and what can we do with that to try to make next year better? I mean that's kinda where I'm at right now with this season. Is like, okay, I've written off this year. There's nothing I can see that has value other than getting as high a pick as possible, honestly. And so then what? It to me it's Trying to get more consistency out of the the bench, youth, the Romeos, the Grants, the Peyton Pritchards, the Robs, um, whatever's going to happen here, they need to be solid and they need to be something that that can be relied upon at a at a at an average NBA player level. That Brad can say, "Look, if you do the right thing." They're gonna make it an average amount of time, or they're gonna do the right thing an average amount of time. Hard to do that without practice. But that to me is like what we need out of those guys is just be average. (laughs) Anything more than average is a bonus, right? If they have average an average supporting cast and those two guys doing what I think they can, I think they're fine. But but they've got to be average. But those guys, and, I'm, and again, I'm putting more on Tatum than Brown. Um, and I think Brown's defense has not been as good as it needs to be. I think he was asked to do too much offensively, and I think that let his defense slip. Yeah, he's, he's fighting he's got injuries,
1: a, dude. He's being injured. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I mean, right. But what I'm saying is, is I think that he was asked to do a ton. He, he put too much on his shoulders. It's been a while since that's happened. so. Whether he's still carrying a ball or around, I don't know. But like, and we had three different, three straight plays, not with Embiid, but with Simmons and Tobias Harris, and I want to say Shake Milton on him, where he got abused in the post. Three straight possessions against the Sixers.
1: That doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw your tweet about that. I saw your tweet. Like, what's up there? there. Yeah. So, but uh, but a couple of plays is not a season. yeah, but, but a couple of plays does not a season make, right? There, like you said, there are times, and I agree. But in large part, you know, he's been he's been pretty strong considering what's being asked of him. And and I and I I, I want to add I want to end the show on this because we're straying far from that final point. And the fi- and and I want to read this to you because I I did not uh, I was not aware of this post game interview with Jalen when I made my point and. Brown is uh you know post game interview. he said he had a conversation with Tatum uh, before the game about shutting out the outside noise. So it clearly is leaking in, and they're aware of it, and maybe this is gonna be their leadership style, but that outside outside noise is getting in and uh, how well they survive. And stay together heading into next season, and starting next season is going to tell us a lot. We nailed it, dude. I can't even believe that he mentioned that after the game. It's, 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 you know, it's a hunch, but it just got pretty validated.
0: Well, and and you remember Marcus Smart said something kind of similar right before the deadline or right around the deadline about how we can't let things, things, guys have something like things. Guys have things going on, you know, off the court and we can't let that bother us or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um specifically what that means, I don't know. But um I I just um I'd love to know more about what that means for Jason Tatum, I guess. <laughs> you know, that's kind of my initial thought is like, okay, what's going on in there? You know, but um yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's that stuff. That's it, these guys didn't forget how to play basketball since October.
1: No, they just it's, forgot how to play basketball together since together.
0: October.
1: Together, right? <laughs>
0: right. And so, you know, I don't understand why this happened has happened twice in three years in Boston. Um, I, I just, I, I think we need to just kind of circle back to Brad because we kind of glossed over that just real briefly but like you know i think he's a good coach i think all those things but you know he's definitely not the norm of what a pro a great nba coach stands for which is usually a former player who's been there and done it and can kind of get in guys faces when they need to but you know whatever um i'm not a big believer in that kind of rah-rah stuff but Doc you know, I think is. that there's a. I think, you know, Tatum said something earlier this <laughs> year about how he really appreciated Mook's leadership, and you know, Mook was the, you know that guy who was kind of there for him and whatnot. And I think that's what we thought maybe Tristan Thompson could be, um, was that guy who's been there, done it, but you know, has you know, kind of sees the bigger picture. You know, Tristan had a great night against the Knicks um didn't have a great season. I think he's gonna be better. And maybe if he plays better, that will lead just like with Kemba, the better he plays, the more influence he'll have. Because that's really what needs to be in Jason Tatum's ear, I think, is, is veterans. You know, they need to add more veterans who are offering that sage advice and allowing these guys to hear what they need to hear. I mean Kevin Garnett was likely be Kevin Garnett without Sam Mitchell. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. th- these guys, sometimes they need Paul a Pierce. Brother. Wasn't, wouldn't it wouldn't be Paul Pierce without Antoine, you know, um, you need those guys around you to kind of help you, you know, kind of sharpen the steel a little bit. And, uh, so that's, I guess the takeaway from all this to me is like, they got to shut out the noise. They got to start to trust each other. Um, I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that this year. I, I feel like they need to get away from basketball for like four months and come back in the spring fresh. You know, I think yeah. that it's going to take that. It's going to take a different approach. But if they can do that, I, you know, I have a lot of faith in them to be able to look a lot differently at the start of the 22 season next fall than I do, um, than I probably should given what we've seen this year.
1: Well, you and I got to get through the rest of this season of shows. So, hopefully they give us a little bit of hope here regardless of I think you're right on that. I think a clean slate, I think a fairly full off-season, I think workouts, I think family time, uh, all of that. It's been a it's been a pretty rough year. Nobody's acting normal anyway, and uh, you know, hopefully we're going to be on the other side of all of this sooner rather than later, but all right, that's going to do it for this week's show. As a reminder, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or you can search for be, uh, search for Celtic Stuff Live on your favorite podcast application. We'd surely love a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And on behalf of John and myself, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Celtic Stuff Live.